Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. What's up, everybody? My name is Marty Griffin, and you are listening to the Golf Strategy School podcast. This is the only podcast designed to help those newer golfers, those less experienced, less skilled golfers, get over those milestone scores of breaking 90 and 100. If you're looking to step your game up in 2020, if you want to make next year, next decade, the best decade of golf you have ever played, all you got to do is jump on our Black Friday deal. That is 50% off an annual membership. Instead of paying the normal $490 for a year worth of coaching calls, private Facebook group, and all of these instruction in the Golf Strategy Academy, you get it for just $245 with promo code WINTER. If that's a deal you want to be in on, head over to golfstrategyschool.com slash academy to learn more and use promo code WINTER to make sure you lock in that deal. It's only good through Monday, though, so jump on it now. Today's episode brought to you by Super Speed Golf. If you want to learn to hit the ball farther, and we are going to be talking a little bit about swing speed in today's episode, but if you want to learn how to, how to swing the club faster, how to hit the ball farther, Mike and Kyle from Super Speed Golf have done the research for you. They've invented the equipment to help you do that. You can learn more about it at golfstrategyschool.com slash superspeed, where you can hear my interview with Mike and Kyle. Also, if you already know about Superspeed, head right over to their website. They have given my audience 10% off their entire order with promo code GOLFSTRATEGY. Now, before I actually reveal today's episode, I do want to let you in on a super big announcement. And that is, and if you follow me on Facebook, you've probably noticed my little hints and little kind of nods to things that are going to be happening on Friday. And that is that we are launching a second day to the podcast. So we're going to have our regular instructional components, which is what you're listening to right now, Golf Strategy School. And we're also going to start doing what I call the Sunday Conversations. And this is going to be interviews that I do with real golfers, real people who are in your shoes, who are struggling to consistently break 90 or who are struggling to get under 100. And we're going to be talking about their experiences with golf, what they're struggling with, what their goals are. And I'm going to be trying to kind of help them in the moment, sharing my experiences. So check that out. That is coming out on Friday. Going forward, we will be launching those episodes on Sunday. But today's episode is all about the zzz. It's about the check. It's about, you know, making sure she sits pretty when she gets to the green, putting it on a fishing line and pulling it back. We're all about backspin. Let's get to it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast. 
where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. All right, as golf fans, or even not as golf fans, but as people who have golfed, you've probably seen someone hit that beautiful high shot, lands on the green, and rolls backwards, you know, just like they've got it on a fishing line. It seems sometimes like it's magic and that you can't control it. But, you know, when we talk about backspin, there's really several components that go into it. And we have to understand what each individual component is so we can see where we personally are lacking, you know, in those different departments. So we're going to break it down into equipment and then we're going to be looking at technique. So let's get into it here. Equipment. In order to actually generate a good healthy amount of backspin with your wedges, really, you know, there are some requirements that your equipment has to be on par with pun slightly intended (laughs) when we're talking about equipment, it's really the grooves and it's the upkeep of the wedges and those grooves. Now a wedge is designed to spin the ball backwards, but it can only do this if you're actually taking care of it to be able to actually get that maximum amount of spin on the ball you have to keep your grooves clean. If your wedges or your grooves, doesn't matter the club, if your grooves are filled with dirt, they're not going to be able to function the way they were designed and actually put backspin on the ball. The ball's not going to spin back, which means you're going to have a bunch of different variables going into your shot. Another thing could be if you just, if you're a big practice junkie, now this is, this is me. I, I had a set of, God, what were they? Titleist DCI 962 irons. They are the set of irons that I had my albatross with. <laughs> I played so much freaking golf with these clubs. It was insane. I was easily doing over 100 rounds a year with them. And when I wasn't actually playing, I mean, I was probably legitimately hitting four to 500 golf balls outside of of playing those hundred rounds a year. I was hitting four to 500 balls a day on average. So I was really putting a pounding on those clubs and it got to the point where like I was having a hard time shaping my shots and I just couldn't get the reaction out of them. And I had to start playing golf. Like I used to, like when I had started when I was 13 or 14 years old, I would have to play for the front of the green and let the ball release. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, there's no reason that I should be having like five yards of rollout with a pitching wedge. What's going on? And so I took the clubs in and the person who was looking at them said, yeah, you've worn the grooves clear off the face of the club. They just, at this point, there's no way you can resharpen the grooves. You just have to replace the clubs. So I did, but it kind of taught me a lesson that, Hey, you know, yes, we're using metal, But just because it's metal doesn't mean that it's impervious to fatigue. And that's metal fatigue is a conversation for a whole other podcast. But in short, yes, it's real. Replace your clubs every once in a while. But in terms of the grooves, yes, you can wear the grooves off of the face. I've done it before. And this is absolutely something that can prevent you 
from getting that backspin that you're looking for. The other part of this equipment equation is the golf ball. Oftentimes, it's the most overlooked piece. You know, when we're talking about a golf ball and backspin, a soft covered ball is going to generate more backspin because it's going to grip the club face longer. It's actually going to stay on the face longer and the face is going to be able to impart more of that force into spin, more of that friction into spin. If we're looking at a hard covered golf ball, because it doesn't stay on the face as long, and obviously we're talking like minuscule fractions of a second, you would probably be hard-pressed to see the difference if you were looking at one of those super-duper slow-mo cameras in terms of a hard cover or a soft cover golf ball in terms of looks and how it compresses against the face. But when it comes to what the ball does after the fact, you absolutely can tell. The other thing is that like a hard cover golf ball, you're going to hear like a real hard click, like the kind of stereotypical golf ball noise, almost like you're bouncing it off of concrete. Whereas a soft cover golf ball going to, it's going to sound a little bit softer, a little bit more muted in terms of that tone. But that soft cover golf ball, because it stays on the face for just a hair of a second longer, it's going to pick up more friction and it's going to spin more. So that's our equipment conversation. You know, are, are our clubs in proper condition? Are they clean? Do they still have grooves? Do they need to be replaced? And then also, what type of golf ball are we using? Now, I'm not saying, hey, run out, buy a Pro V1. It's going to spin the most. I'm not saying that. Frankly, if you're listening to this podcast and you're struggling to break 90, you're struggling to break 100, the fact of the matter is you probably should be using a harder covered golf ball. But if you're really struggling with spin and you just can't figure it out, and, and that's for whatever reason, that's the thing you want to do right now, a soft cover ball is going to help you do it better. Now let's talk about technique. You know, in order to generate these big amounts of backspin, you want to use as much loft as the club will allow. Now, this doesn't mean that you should club down to the point where you're always short of the target. You've heard me preach this time and time and time and time and time again. If anything, you want to take more club in terms of your overall golf strategy, because when we talk about how often we hit a perfect shot, that's pretty freaking rare. But the problem is most people play their distances as if they're hitting a perfect shot. So they usually tend to come up short. That's why I caution you when I say this, that you need to use a higher lofted club. The reason we want to do this is because the higher lofted club is going to throw the ball, obviously, higher up in the air, and then it's going to be coming down at a steeper angle. That means that it requires less spin in order to get the reaction that you're looking for. Now, when it comes to actually the mechanics of this technique, at address, you want to have the angle of the shaft straight with the grip, like pointed right at your belt buckle, right at your belly button. Now, this puts the ball right dead center in your stance, and it allows that leading edge of the club uh, to really make nice, crisp, clean contact. When you're actually making the swing at the golf ball, though, we want to keep the loft as high as possible throughout the duration of the swing. This even goes into after impact. 
maintain that loft, allow the shaft to stay level at impact in order to maintain that proper strike position. Um, the other thing that can kind of help us with this is just to kind of keep our weight distributed slightly forward in the stance because that'll help promote that descending blow that's going to also help create that friction. Uh, last thing is actually swing speed. If you think about it, a club moving five miles an hour is going to put a hell of a lot less spin on the ball compared to a club moving 50 miles an hour compared to a club moving a hundred miles an hour. If you think about the revolutions per minute, that's going to come off of those three different speeds. It's going to be hugely different. So swing speed is actually something that will help increase that spin rate. Now it's going to take a fair amount of practice and time to build up that swing speed and that comfort level with these type of things. But if we think about it, that swing speed means the ball is going to go farther, which means we can use a shorter club, which is higher lofted, which means it's coming down steeper, which means we need less spin in the end anyway. So it's kind of like a, a self fulfilling prophecy. It's a snowball that's gaining momentum as it goes downhill. If you can add that swing speed, that's going to help give you these kind of invisible benefits that roll forward as well. Now, as you know, this podcast is sponsored by Superspeed Golf. It's right in their name, Superspeed. If you want help getting your swing speed up, check out the interview I did with Mike and Kyle. It's at golfstrategyschool.com slash superspeed. And they talk about the brain science behind overspeed training, which is essentially, it's like getting your brain to overperform from where it's used to. It's like overclocking a processor on a computer. You know, they talk about how this practice is done in a bunch of other sports. And now they're just taking those lessons from the other sports and they're applying it to golf. Uh, one of the things that sprinters do to teach themselves the ability to run faster is they will actually run downhill. That way they're getting help from gravity. Their legs learn to move faster. Their brain learns that their legs can move faster. And then when they're on flat ground, their brain says, Hey, we can go at that new speed, even if we're on flat ground and their speed picks up. It's the same concept with super speed golf in relation to golf. You go through using differently weighted clubs and you learn to swing the club really, really fast because you're using a light club. Then you swing the club still really, really fast using a club that's just barely lighter than a driver. Then you use a club that is heavier than a driver slightly. And your brain says, hey, you know what? I, I can still move that fast. Then when you move back to your driver, you're lighter again. And your brain says, all right, well, we're lighter than that last one. Let's go faster again. So that's kind of the concept behind super speed golf. But like I said, check out my interview with Mike and Kyle. Obviously it's their product. They are way better at explaining it than I am, but in a nutshell, that's what it is. Golfstrategyschool.com slash super speed. If you want to learn how they teach it. So we've talked about what we want to do. We want to make sure we've got good equipment. We want to make sure we've got, you know, clean, crisp grooves. We've got a softer covered ball if that's what we're looking to do from the technique standpoint, weight a little bit forward and making sure that we're getting the maximum loft out of the club. Make sure we're not pressing the handle forward and, you know, with that forward shaft lean, making sure we're not de-lofting the club. So 
when we flip that around in terms of what we want to avoid when it comes to increasing backspin, that common misconception is the one that I just said. A lot of people think that de-lofting the club puts, you know, puts like a pinch on it and that's going to give them added backspin. If you de-loft the club too much though, you lose that loft angle necessary to generate the backspin. So it's a very, very fine line. We talked about this in the last episode about chipping mistakes. A lot of times people put the ball back in their stance because it's helping. And then they start to have a rocky patch and they say, oh, well, you know, I put the ball back in my stance and I was doing good. Let's put the ball further back in my stance. And then it just falls apart even faster. Same kind of concept. You know, when we, when we're at impact, yes, the club is slightly de-lofted. The, there is some forward shaft lean, but what I don't want to see you doing is over-exaggerating that, hoping to get more backspin. The other super common thing is when people start actually doing the math and realizing, oh, hey, the higher up the club or the higher up the ball goes, the straighter down it's going to come. Therefore, the more spin will be actually working for me. Maybe I can just get that ball to launch up there real quick. Then we start getting into like the chili dips. People start trying to flip their wrists and add loft to the club. Or what they'll do is they'll do the opposite of the forward shaft lean. They'll actually lean it backwards a little bit. And then they start chunking them big time because now they're changing the low point of the swing. Yes, we want the ball to go high up in the air. You know, it's almost like with a basketball. If you were to spin a basketball towards yourself and just throw it straight up in the air, when it hits the ground, it's going to bounce back to you. Well, if you spin that ball but throw it forward, the ball's going to stop bouncing forward as much, but it's not going to spin back to you like it did as if you threw it straight up and down with that spin. So yeah, the, the concept is the same there, but you don't want to overdo it manually. You don't want to insert something weird into your swing just to try to get this output. I would rather you just see, I'd rather just see you play your shot the way that it's coming. But if we're looking to get that backspin, these are the different things to keep in mind. It's kind of like the, the working pieces, the behind the scenes of how you actually do build up backspin. So I know we all dream of hitting those, you know, nice spinning shots. I always say, you know, you put some zzz on that, you have some extra sauce on it. You know, we like to see it hit the green and just check up, stop on a dime. But really, a lot of people overlook what it takes to do that. So keep an eye on your equipment. Take a look at your balls <laughs> and make sure that we're not overdoing something in the swing that's going to hamper that backspin. So one last reminder. We've got a new second day of the podcast coming out. Make sure you're listening. It's our Sunday Conversations. I'll have some information up if you would like to be a guest. We're looking for people that are kind of in that 15-plus handicap range. So if you shoot, you know, if your average score is kind of 87 or above, you're the perfect fit for this type of interview. I would love to talk to you. Stay tuned. Make sure that you're actually getting that information. Also, we are coming up on Black Friday. This is the absolute end of our sale. You can get 50% off an entire year of the Golf Strategy Academy on our Black Friday sale. So on Black Friday, we will be having the biggest sale I've ever done. 
you get the whole darn year for just $245. Normally it's $490. So you're going to get the whole darn year for $245. You're going to get every single thing that I teach. You're going to get all of the coaching calls that I have ever done. You're going to get the next year worth of coaching calls that you get to participate in as well. And you're going to turn yourself into a better golfer in a very, very short time. So make sure you are getting on top of that Black Friday deal by using promo code winter. If you use promo code winter on the annual plan, it will get you the full year for just half price. Now that deal is only good through Monday. All right. Monday, December 2nd, that is coming down. You know, you'll have these next few days to jump on it, but I like to reward people for taking action and committing to a plan. This is your opportunity to do that. Take action on your golf game, commit to getting better and make 2020 the start of your best decade of golf ever. Until next time, everybody, which will be Friday, I'll catch you in the short grass. Cheers. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.